Well, something's going to change with the RBA today. We can be sure of that. We'll look at what exactly that might be today on the podcast. Plus, OPEC Plus falls apart. Well, the talks do anyway. For now, more optimism in Canada, more signs of a China slowdown, and Boris removes restrictions in the UK, even though infections are going up. Operation Petri Dish is in full flight. And the US back at work today. It's Tuesday, the 6th of July, 2021. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, no shares traded in the US with the Independence Day holiday, but in Europe, the FTSE 100 is up 0.6%. The Eurostoxx 50 hasn't moved much, and the US dollar, it's been up and down a little, but it's pretty flat on the day. Actually, the pound is the strongest of the majors, up uh, almost a quarter of a percent. The Aussie up less than 0.1%. In fact, the Aussie dollar and the pound, uh, the pound is up almost 4% on the Aussie this year. Amazing what a few jabs in the arm can do, isn't it? And oil up, a 1.6% rise in WTI, 1.3% for Brent. Uh, which is over $77 a barrel now. That's a sharp rise in the last few hours because of the OPEC plus uncertainty. So let's start there, in fact, with Ray Atchwell, head of FX Strategy, and now in Sydney. Uh, so uh, it's not Monday's OPEC plus meeting that's uh, caused this spike. It's the fact, in fact, that there wasn't one. They've basically given up uh, on reaching an agreement, haven't they? The uh, the UAE wanted to ease production cuts in August, but the Saudis are having none of it. That's about the sum of it, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yes, morning, Phil. And um, yes, so there was supposed to be a reconvention of their meeting uh, on Monday, um, having failed to reach agreement before the weekend. But as you say, that meeting you know, hasn't taken place, um, you know, and the, and the number of the dispute really is the UAE holding out for um, a re-examination of its, of its sort of production quota, if you like, and saying that uh, before we agree to a step up in production, you know, we may actually want a little bit more than the average because we think our quota is too low. So anyway, Saudi is not playing ball and there are some, some underlying political tensions, um, I think, between Saudi Arabia and the UAE. So they failed to agree. The plan was to increase production by either 400 or 500,000 barrels a day, I think starting in um, August, mm. going through November. Um, and to the extent that is not happening, at least for the time being, we've seen Brent crude ratcheting on to a $77 handle, uh, 77.16, I think at the time we're recording this, which is up exactly a dollar. Um, on this time yesterday. So, um, and uh, President Biden doesn't seem to be happy. Um, unsurprisingly, we're coming into the so-called driving season with, uh, um, you know, when fuel consumption is at its max and, um, and higher petrol prices historically feed directly into things like consumer confidence in the US because it's, uh, it's one of those big ticket items that people feel the pinch of every day and every week. Um, so he's not happy, but uh, for the time being, at least, it's, it's onwards and upwards for the oil price. Yeah, I always love that expression, the driving season it makes it sound like they don't drive this the other day they take it take it out of the garage get the blanket off give it a bit of a dust and uh, take it out for a spin look the that's uh, right and c- contribute to global warming as best you can as uh. best you can now look the aussie dollar kiwi dollar uh, both not really moved too much today but it's not just today is it they're both in the doldrums a bit so when's when's this going to pick up and what's the cause of it is it just slow vaccines but uh, no, I mean it, it's to a large extent. It's the fact that the you know the U.S. dollar hasn't been playing ball. The U.S. dollar obviously has uh, you know has recovered um, a chunk of the losses that we saw uh, last year, and also that we that we lost in in March and April as well. Um, so it's a dollar no, thing, but it's and, not, and not, not saying, but it's not hitting the pound, for example. No, no, no. no but then you know, part of the reason all is that you know. The Aussie and the Kiwi, uh, based on sort of historical relationships with commodity prices, as we talk about a lot, should be much higher. The reverse or the mirror image of that is that the US dollar traditionally is weaker 
when commodity prices are stronger. Um, there's sort of a, mm. a, a two-way relationship there. Uh, and, and that relationship also doesn't hold out. So, um, you know, so it's keeping Aussie and Kiwi subdued. We were a little bit encouraged by the price action that we saw last Friday after US payrolls, where, um, you know, we did have a, a decent up day for both the Aussie dollar and the Kiwi dollar. We haven't built on those overnight. So we're still, you know, below the levels where we might say, oh, there is a little bit of a, a trend reversal uh, underway. And um, so let's see if, uh, if the RBA governor has anything to uh, to cause the volatility this afternoon, which we'll get to in a second. But um, yes, but they are the serial underperformers um, in the context of commodity prices, which are up what the best part of, of, of 20 or 25 percent over the course of this year. And the oil price up another dollar, which traditionally would be associated with strength in commodity prices. Again, no sign of it today whatsoever. So you don't think vaccines has got anything to do with this? So we've got the AFR pointing out today that Australia needs to double its vaccine rate to 205,000 doses a day if it's all going to get done by Christmas. Uh, and, uh, you know, so c- can the Aussie really gain strength if that's not happening? Then you've got the Bank of Canada with their business outlook survey painting a very rosy picture for Canada saying, you know, the uncertainty related to the pandemic is behind them because they've got 35% of the population fully vaccinated and they're racing ahead with those very quickly and then obviously the pound doing well today and i'm wondering how much of that is uh, the result of boris saying well in a couple of weeks that's it you know freedom day uh, you don't need to wear face mask uh, go back to life as normal uh, even though the, the vaccination rates are, uh, the uh, infection rates are very high there the vaccination rates obviously are even higher and that's uh, that's helping them to open up the economy i'm just wondering whether so none of, none of that's playing on the aussie dollar no, no, I wouldn't. I'm not dismissing out of hand, and I think at the margin it is it is certainly important, and certainly Sterling's uh, outperformance in um, you know it's, it's overnight and you know and, and in recent days and weeks I think goes something to the fact. Where are we up to now? Are 64 percent I think of the British adult population fully vaccinated? 80 percent have had uh, had one jab, and and obviously down here uh, we're not even close to those numbers. And even on an optimistic scenario, as Topas Tapas was saying yesterday, um, it's going to be the end of the year before we might uh, approach those sorts of levels. It certainly showed up in um, in a lot of the um, emerging market economies. So if you look in Asia, for example, and you look at places like Indonesia, India, uh, Thailand, and uh, Malaysia, um, you know, they've really struggled with, um, you know, not just with, with low vaccination rates, but, but high COVID infection rates, and their currencies have been uh, have been underperformers in, in recent weeks and months. So I think the margin is important, but does it explain why the Aussie dollar is, uh, is 75 rather than 80? Um, mm. I think it's it's, it's a very uh, a partial explanation for some of the underperformance. There. All right. Now, uh, what about China then? The Caging Services PMI, only 50.3 in June, down from 55.1 in May. That's quite a drop, isn't it? And that, of course, is on top of the, the drop we saw in the, the manufacturing uh, PMIs last week as well. This, obviously, this is a much bigger fall, so it shows the domestic economy is taking a hit too. Yes, it is. And I think that is, you know, what's happening in China is, is probably more relevant to uh, to what's happening uh, down here in, uh, mm. in Australia, even though by and large, you know, um, Australian exporters have managed to find alternative markets for their uh, for their um, for their goods uh, in this uh, ongoing um, diplomatic spat or whatever you want to call it between Australia and um, Australia and China. But yes, it was a, a surprisingly weak um, um, Kaisin services, uh, services PMI dropping from what, 54? 
5.1 to 50.3, the lowest in 14 months. Now, a lot of that has to do with the fact that uh, the Guangdong province um, you know, was in partial lockdown because yeah. of rising infection rates there. And that's a real hub of economic activity, both manufacturing and also services. So um, so we'd like to think that this is sort of to some extent is is temporary, but it certainly plays to the view that um, you know the Chinese economy is uh, is slowing down somewhat and that the uh, the consumer side of the economy is the one that's been perhaps firing with um, not on all cylinders really since we've sort of emerged from the pandemic and social restrictions have been eased but um, you know here's here's hoping that this is a, a an inherently temporary thing and as uh, Guangdong mm. gets its uh, gets its infections under control we will see a, a reasonable bounce back there well those lo- the lockdown story really is messing around with all of these figures because we had the uh, the market services PMI for Europe they were out yesterday the final numbers and they've all been revised a fair bit so for services revised up for France but down in Germany for from 58.1 to 57.5 overall for the euro area from 58 revised up to 58.3 from 55.2 last time so that's uh, quite a big increase but but not much of a, a market response and yet the the UK we have seen that market response in sterling haven't we their number uh, revised from uh, 61.7 to 62.4 uh, but that's a drop on the may figure so those numbers all over the place aren't they really <laughs> well they are but let's remember in, in absolute terms numbers in the high 50s low 60s yeah. as we've got across the eurozone strong growth you know, yeah. are, are, are good numbers in absolute terms um certainly for me sort of waking up and, and seeing what's gone on you know it looks like that the uk government is pretty close to confirming that um july 19th is, is freedom day obviously not signed seen till delivered yet but um you know this will be the final you know i shouldn't call it the nail in the coffin it's, it's because it's a day presumably of celebration if uh, you know all all uh, restrictions on movement are to be removed and all, all um things like mask wearing are going to be voluntary so i think as Mm. You know, Gavin has been saying, even Gavin is saying, this is the the UK is the petri dish, isn't it? In terms of you know, the first country to to demonstrate whether or not it can live with the virus rather than uh, have to operate a containment or elimination strategy. And yeah. Um, yeah. Um, let's see what happens after we will. the Wimbledon well, final did. and um, and the um, obviously the uh, the England victory and the. Euro 2020 on yeah, Sunday night with 100,000 people at Wembley. Yeah, that, that, is, uh, that, uh, that is taken as read, obviously, by now. Uh, interesting, just before we move off that, uh, Boris Johnson did say uh, previously that there was no going back on this. This was the, the final uh, uh, version of, uh, you know, the, of coming out of the uh, out of the lockdown. He did uh, retrace his steps a bit on that in the press conference that he gave uh, earlier on this morning. Uh, look, let's very quickly, before we get on to because it's the RBA we should be talking about, very quickly, Australian building approvals yesterday, uh, down yesterday after some uh, sharp rises, it's fair to say, of course, earlier in the year. So that would be the impact of the uh, the end of the home builder stimulus wouldn't i mean if, yeah absolutely if, absolutely if, so um yeah so down seven percent on top of what um minus 5.7 so there was, an up, there was a bit of an upward revision to the previous month which is why the yeah. the seven percent fall we had was actually in line with the minus five percent expectation retail sales revised up a little bit mostly victoria actually so um yeah. you know you've got to feel a little bit sorry for the statisticians trying to measure exactly what's going on with all the restrictions but um yes but uh, but nothing from a market perspective uh, nothing really to see there. right the rba Today, uh, we know they're not going to sit on their hands because Philip Lowe's got a press conference uh, this afternoon. Uh, so uh, he, uh, you know, what, what are we expecting? Well, um, everyone expects this yield curve control um, policy to, to be to stick at the at the April 24 bond rather than roll to the November. And, and Phil Lowe has said that these are the only two options under consideration. Nobody expects them to extend that uh, YCC target to November 24. So I think most of the market interest is in what follows the, the current $100 billion QE2 
2022 program that ends in September. Um, a fairly widespread of opinion there, and we're probably sitting a little bit mid-pack, thinking that there will be, you know, a modest tapering uh, to the order of 75 billion versus 100 billion. But the consensus view is that um, the RBA will announce a move to a, a flexible target, initially continuing to buy bonds at the current five billion dollars per month run rate, uh, but giving themselves the flexibility, which you know, I think will be seen by most as a sign that uh, they don't expect to continue at that at that run rate indefinitely. So um, anyway, so exactly what happens, there, there'll probably be a ripple or two in terms of surprises, but um, uh, that's really mm. sort of where the, the spread of the market is. Are we going to go down to 50? Are we going to go continue at 100 billion for six months? And um, and the truth, we, you know, we think probably lies somewhere in between. Um, and, but also just how emphatically is the governor going to reiterate the RBA's view that the conditions for higher rates will not be in place before 20, uh, 2024 on their view. Um, so people yeah. are going to see whether, 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 whether he's got his, his fingers and his toes crossed behind his back when, he's, when he reiterates that, <laughs> as I'm sure he will. <laughs> well, I mean, what's it going to take for the market to respond to this? I mean, if, he did, if there was any, uh, any sort of indication that he was, he was weakening his stance on that and that number might finish in a three rather than a four. Yes. To some extent, remember, the market's already there. The market has already got the best part of a, a quarter point rate rise in for the end of 2022 and a couple of right. rate hikes by 2023. So in a sense, you'd argue he'll just be validating where the market's already at. But if, if, if that is the hint, um, then undoubtedly we'll see a, a bit of a knee-jerk uh, reaction in the, in the bond market. But more importantly, I would have thought that would give a little bit of a, a short-term fillip to the Aussie dollar. Right. Okay. The US is back from holiday. Later on, of course, we get the Zoo Economic Sentiment Index for Germany and uh, and for the Euro area this evening. German factory orders as well. Uh, Non-manufacturing PMIs for the US. A busy day ahead. We haven't got very long, but anything you want to say on those before we go? Oh, I think the the ISM services will be will be the key number there. Um, it's expected to fall back marginally, but remain at a very very elevated levels. So I think that's the that's the pick of the crop tonight. Right. Okay. And a day's catching up to do from the US as well. So that might cause a bit of volatility, perhaps. We'll see. Uh, We'll leave it there for now. Good to talk, Gray. Catch you again soon. Thanks, Phil. And that is how it is this Tuesday morning. I'm Phil Dobby for now. Back again with another one tomorrow morning. See you then. Thanks for listening.